the 134th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty and the double team gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline, hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys today. Uh, kind of a unique edition of the show as um, you're actually going to hear some of this audio across both platforms, both the Four Corners Podcast and the Heel Tough Blog Podcast as we uh, we tackle conference realignment. Um, something that is back in the fold after USC and UCLA bolted for the Big Ten last weekend, and they're initially setting off another wave of conference alignment. And there's a lot of different options on the table for Carolina, both from a football and basketball perspective. So we're going to walk through all of that stuff for you guys today. Give our thoughts, opinions. I'm going to bury the ACC. And so much more, but you got to dig them up first, right? Because I feel like you've <laughs> you've already buried them pretty deep here. By the way, I, I do want to preface this by saying that on the football side of things, they won't hear this part because I'm going to cut it right to where we start the conversation. But the best part about the football podcast, if you guys head over and listen to that, that was supposed to be. ACC scheduling format and the news that they were moving the headquarters to Charlotte, which you were going to bury the ACC for that move anyways. Yep. Now, now they want to do away with the whole conference maybe. So this this could be you could take a steaming a steaming dookie right on top. I mean this this could be unbelievably over the top. Yeah, it's going to be pretty bad. Um, and it's it's deserved, and it's and they've earned the right to be crapped on, literally and figuratively. Oh, okay. Um, right. But we start every edition as we do on the four corner side of things with our pod thought of the day. Then we go back to the goat, that being Michael Jeffrey Jordan, who said some people want it to happen, some wish it would happen, and others make it happen. And uh, I think that talks a lot about where we are now with with college athletics. Kevin Warren has made it happen. Um, Where some people wanted conference alignment to to happen. Um, Some wished it would happen. And then the SEC and the Big Ten, within the last two years, they've made it happen. There's also some that wish it wasn't going to happen, and yet here we are. And uh, this really all started last, last summer. When at the end of SEC Media Days, it was announced 
as they were literally leaving Alabama, that they were adding Texas and Oklahoma um, in 2025-2026, and that was supposed to start off another wave of realignment. Well, everything kind of just held pat. The ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12, they formed the alliance um, to prevent what happened last weekend from happening. The Big 12 made some additional moves, bringing in some schools from the American, some strong additions to save their conference. But we kind of all thought, well, this is kind of not going to happen again for a while. And then last Thursday at 1.30, um, it was announced that the Big 10 was adding USC and, US, and UCLA, and it was all but, a, all but a formality. We never heard a rumor. We never. There oh was, no, no, yeah, we did. We heard a rumor at ten thirty that morning that USC and UCLA were apparently looking at the Big Ten. Uh, this we're all, all happened applying. in eight hours. Yes, where these two. It's unheard of. These two schools mainstays on the West Coast. Um, USC a football power, UCLA a longtime basketball power, joining the Big Ten. Um, and then the biggest thing about it when we first heard this news was that makes no sense geographically because the Big Ten is primarily in the Midwest. They're on the West Coast, which makes a lot of sense. But as we've learned since realignment started 20 years ago, at the hands of the ACC, geographics no longer matter. Well, yes, but this is an entirely new level of not matter. You're, you are literally talking about going from one coast to another coast. Rutgers plays in Piscataway, New Jersey, which is relatively close to the East Coast in New Jersey. And they are going to have to go, I think it's like almost 3,500 miles to play a conference game. I mean, that's that's insanity. Um, And, you know, from, from the basketball standpoint... If you're looking at this, how does this make sense? You're talking about when they play road road games, it's probably going to have to be road stretches mm-hmm. for USC and UCLA because how is it going to make sense for them to play, let's say, Indiana midweek? Let's say USC has to play Indiana midweek. Well, then they come home and they have to play Illinois on Saturday. That's not going to that there's no way so in terms for football this is why it shows you if you have any questions about what realignment is focused on this should show you right here what realignment is focused on. They don't give a damn about any sport but football. And to me look, I'm the football guy on on this site on, on heel tough on the heel tough blog site, and I run the football podcast. I love college football. I prefer college football over college basketball of the two. But at the same time, this to me makes absolutely no sense because you are hurting other revenue sports like basketball, like baseball. That you to me, you you still need that to be a part of your athletic department. You cannot, I don't see how you can just run off of football. But apparently that's what these schools pretty much think because they are they are not really caring about the ramifications on the other sports. And so with that decision, um, we're now waiting for the next domino. And last week we thought it was going to be Oregon and Washington. We thought it was going to be them in the Big Ten by the end of the weekend. Um, that didn't happen. 
There's now rumors where Oregon could resurface in a new look Big 12 slash Pac-12, which now Notre Dame holds all the cards, which we know their affiliation with the ACC. Mm -hmm. Um, They have the five-gaming schedule model with football. Of course, they're a full-fledged member in basketball, as, as along with baseball and other sports um, that the ACC provides that the Big Ten doesn't provide. But if they were to get get out of their, their agreement with the ACC, with the scheduling model, and join the Big Ten, that would be the death blow to the Atlantic Coast Conference, thing that's most likely going to happen. So with all of this on the table has brought upon what's going to happen to the ACC. Well, the problem is is that you have a commissioner who literally got the job on the basis of he could he was the best candidate to get Notre Dame to commit as a full-time ACC member. The only time that happened was during a COVID pandemic uh, pandemic season. Doesn't really count. We haven't made any further progress to Notre Dame becoming a full-time member. Any, anybody. John the, Swafford had made more progress as the commissioner of the ACC to help this school as a or, or to help this conference as a football conference. And that is a guy that came from Carolina and what was one of the biggest things people said about him? He he didn't care enough about football. And he shouldn't. And the thing is is you hired a guy in Jim Phillips to supposedly come in and take you to another level football-wise, which now in the grand scheme of things probably makes some sense but it seems like you hired the wrong guy because i think altogether they most people probably especially in those offices these commissioner offices they probably knew this was coming at some point yes but the problem is is it to me it does not feel like you have the right you you don't have the right guy because he hasn't done anything to strengthen the acc right now this is the closest the ACC has been to dissolving, and right now, the the team that we the the school that we have to rely on to bail the ACC out is a school that we've been trying. I mean, this is this is basically like a high school crush that you've had since freshman year, and you're now trying to put on the full press with you know, what April May of your senior year. Like this, you have waited way too long for this. And now you're in a pickle. Yeah, and um, the good news is for Carolina is if the ACC were to dissolve, and as we sit here on July 5th, if I had to bet, I would say the ACC is the one conference of all the conferences that are out there, even the Pac-12. I think the ACC is in the is in the worst spot to surviving. The good news mm. is for Carolina is that baby blue, that Argyle, is a national brand, which means that they're going to have their fair share of options. To be honest, they should be looking themselves to exit the ACC as opposed to waiting for the ACC to be ripped apart by the Big Ten or the SEC anyhow, and they have to figure out where they go. We talked about this last summer, and I think it still remains the same, that the best option for them, what makes the most sense, would be the Big Ten. From a from a from an academic standpoint, from a financial standpoint, because the Big Ten's TV contract is up in 2024, um, it will exceed a billion dollars. So you're talking you're talking professional sports revenue money. Yeah, I mean they're they're saying Maryland Payne, I believe, or it was it was either no 
Nicole Auerbach, I think that was who it was. One of the two of them uh, did say that they expect the revenue for individual schools to be at 80 to 100 million in between one of those two areas with their next TV contract. I mean, that is insane amounts of money to sort of sum up the difference between where the ACC right now is as opposed to that. The ACC schools are getting about $17 million a year. Yeah, so you're talking about roughly anywhere from 30 to $50 million more right. in, in other conferences. And the SEC... <laughs> it's going to exceed north of $100 million. 100, 100 to 120 So here's the thing. Everybody's first question about this is going to be, well, guys, there is a thing called the grant of rights. Okay, most of that, in order to get out of that, involves what? A substantial payout. You just heard those figures right there. They could repay it back in two years. Easily. Now, I will say this. When you brought up Notre Dame earlier, one thing that's interesting about Notre Dame is Notre Dame would have to pay to get out of the agreement with the ACC, and they would have to pay to get out of their own television rights with NBC. So for them, if... if, they go to the Big Ten, it could be a little bit closer for them as opposed to some of the other schools. That's why it's not going to be as tough of a decision for schools like Carolina, Clemson, Florida State, etc. Whenever they get approached, as opposed to Notre Dame, who has other stuff that they have to pay to get out. That's why it's going to take longer. But I think you're right. I think, look, whenever that Notre Dame domino falls, and the Big Ten, one of the reasons that Oregon, Washington, that stuff was sort of cut out. Big Ten pretty much told them, hey, we're waiting on Notre Dame. We'll see what Notre Dame does, and then after that, we'll we'll let you know. Once that domino falls, that's when, and I'm talking about normally, even in, we remember realignment, you know, back in the early 2010s. It took a couple of months for things. That when that domino falls for Notre Dame, Carolina Carolina literally has to have a plan. Bubba Cunningham has to have a plan ready to go. And I think you're right. I think the Big Ten is probably the best spot for them. One, because I know that, first of all, if they go to the SEC, there will be no more of the Olympic sports. Lacrosse, gone. Um, I'm not sure about soccer, but their field hockey, lacrosse, those kind of sports will be gone. They don't have them in the SEC. They don't play those sports in the South. So from that standpoint, I think it makes a lot of sense to go to the Big Ten. My my thinking, the the argument that I would make for the SEC is that, one, I believe there are more natural rivals. I don't think there's really an argument with that because, okay, First of all, in basketball, Kentucky, very easy one. Um, football, less established, but remember, there is you know an older rivalry there and still kind of hanging around with South Carolina. Tennessee, yeah, yeah I no. mean, there's some dislike between... There's some general dislike between certain fan bases where if you go to the Big Ten... Do we have general like? Do Ohio State fans not like Tar well, fans? You, I, I don't think so. like that. You get Maryland back. That's the one that you have in your favor. You're going to have Michigan and Michigan State teams that you have history with uh, in NCAA tournament play. Okay, but I wouldn't put those over Kentucky. Also, here's the other thing: 
you have no idea what teams are coming with you. Uh, well, because if, if right you're, now... If you're going to the Big Ten, you're taking Duke with you. Maybe, but I, I just... Because this is the, the thing... Because they... Look, academically, go- they make a they make a ton of sense. Because if, if they're going to preserve the rivalry, and that's that's more important than anything here when it comes to where Carolina goes. It's more important than dollars. It's more important than a mediocre-ass football program. you got to preserve that rivalry. Well, I get that. I you've get got, that. You've but got to go but, to the Big but Ten. But here's, here's the problem. First of all, football is always going to drive everything. It, it has for years. And that's why... Like Car- look, Carolina's it, it, Carolina's football program it shouldn't for Carolina. No, no, no. But it doesn't matter. Carolina's football program is good enough. They recruit on a high enough level. They're in a a big enough market. There, there's enough there where you can where conferences like the Big Ten will take that on. Look at some of the teams that play in the Big Ten right now: Illinois, Indiana, uh, Rutgers. I mean, they they don't have great football traditions, so. That's not a problem for them. Duke, now that, see, that's the thing. And the thing that, with with Duke, that if I was somebody that was a Duke fan, the thing that would scare me is they don't seem to want any part of Kansas. Nope. And that's a school that's very, very similar to Duke in that they don't really have a great football program, but they do have... They're, they're. I mean, I don't. I don't know how great Kansas is academically. I'm going to be honest. I don't really know. It's it's a rather regarded institution. D- Duke is Duke is prestigious. So the Big Ten values that, but they're not going to value that over how much value can you bring us football wise. My thing for Carolina, as a whole athletic association, are you? I get that you really want to preserve that rivalry, but if it's you have to preserve that rivalry or. You're basically. I mean, are you going to get stuck in no man's? This is the thing that really sucks about yes. the way that this works. You can't. You can't. That, and, that rivalry well, means more than anything else. But but that, I'm going to tell you from our athletic department. Standpoint. I'm going to tell you, buddy. The people in the athletic department definitely don't think that. No, I disagree with that because, because they are worried about keeping their own athletic department afloat. Because if you, if they were to lose. That affiliation with either one of those conferences, the ACC was to disband completely. That means they're more than likely left to play in, be an independent in football. You go join the Big East in basketball and take Duke with you. But you're not the 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 basketball revenue for the Big East is not. It's it, there's no way it's anywhere near what you've got for football. You add, and into, you add and Carolina, Duke. You you're, you'll bring Kansas with you. And it's, it's, dude, I, I'm telling and you, then it's you add, still not going to be on and then, that same and Then level. you add Gonzaga. If that's what you're going to do to preserve that rivalry, then that's what you got to do. And I'm t- and I, th- that money that money talks. They're not going to worry when you're when you're bringing in a hundred eighty to a hundred million dollars a year. Is it worth? I it get to, where, to, to not be competitive because you're not going to be any more competitive with more money. I mean, yeah. I think that's what it is. Like they don't. I, I'm telling you because this we we had Charles Arbuckle from ESPN on earlier this morning with us, and I think he said it best. There is no such thing as loyalty to the college sport anymore. There's no such thing as wanting to preserve rivalry. Everything in college sports these days is about money. 
basically college college football is becoming NFL light and college basketball is becoming NBA light. That's what it is. There's so much money that is becoming involved in college sports that now it's just there is the it's it's all about how much money can you make and and you have to be like that cuz if you don't your athletic department could go under. Like that's the thing because if you become independent, you don't have a TV contract at all for football. And football revenue-wise drives every single athletic department, even Carolina's, just because of how much those TV contracts are worth and because I mean just from a game day perspective, even if you're you have a stadium that is half full, it is more people in that stadium than inside of the Smith Center. That's how it works. Like it's you you don't build basketball facilities that big. Carolinas is one of the biggest in the entire country. So this is the part that really stinks about this is that they and I this is the thing I hate the most about this. Don't let me fool you into thinking that I am on the side of these people that want to go into these big conferences. I don't. I want the ACC to still last. Cuz I love the ACC. But ultimately, I just don't see an avenue right now if the ACC is inevitably going under that Carolina doesn't hop into one of these conferences. And unfortunately, right now, they they have to think for themselves. They can't worry about the other. You can't say, look, we have to have Duke, we have to have State, or else we're not going to one of these conferences. I you're stuck. You you've got no choice because and maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Duke's brand is is big enough to where they can actually follow Carolina somewhere. If it's that's, the Big 10, yeah. That's what they need. Is they need they need to find so, they need to know that Duke's brand is big enough. But but Carolina can't worry about that. Carolina's brand I I and look, this isn't even me just this isn't a homer take. Out of all the teams in the ACC, I don't give a damn what these other these other people say. Carolina's brand's the biggest brand in the ACC, and it's not even to me. It's not even close. Maybe Miami is a close second, but these people that say, "Well, Clemson's more valuable," no, it's not. Carolina's brand is the most valuable of the ACC members. It is probably one of, if not the most valuable, in the entire country. So they are going to be sought after. There is no doubt about that. Well, when you look at the last two times this happened, it was two rivals that went together. Texas and Oklahoma, together, SEC. UCLA, USC, together, they go to the Big Ten. So Carolina and Duke... Together can go to the Big Ten. Now, they can't both go to the SEC because the SEC would value NC State over Duke. Makes sense from a football from a football standpoint. I mean, so, my, my thing— So they, they're going to work with one of those two schools if, if they were hopefully. to actively— le- if they actively look to leave. The thing that concerns me is we haven't really heard that, though. We've heard, we've heard a lot of these we're trying to single— we're trying to grab single schools. We've heard a lot of people saying we want to grab Clemson. We want to grab there, this Florida gonna, State. It's going to be done in two, so that's why it's going to happen. It's going to happen with with like with if Miami goes, Florida State's going to go with them, or 
if Clemson goes, they'll either choose between Miami or Florida State to go with them. And that's that's the way that it is. Um, you know, because like if, if the ACC gets Notre Dame to lock in as a football member, then they're all, then they're in a different situation where now you're being proactive. Now you're going back to the Big 12 to poach whether it's West Virginia or Oklahoma State or whoever it is to then come join your conference cuz now you now you're the big player. I just think that's going to happen. And this all comes back to hiring a guy who had no vision for the conference moving forward outside of relocating the the headquarters from Greensboro to Charlotte. That's the only vision he ever had. And guess what? As of right now, that vision don't mean anything. It and don't even look like that's that's going to be another project that's supposed to come to Charlotte and isn't going to show up. And I up. want that to happen. I want them to start building the building and well, ha- halfway through the Well, building, they're never going to do that. First of all, halfway through the ACC crumbles and we just have a half-built building f- in first Charlotte. First of all, they just got they just got approved for that. I don't even think they're going to be able to mark the land at this point before this will be decided. I, I'm going to tell you, I would not be shocked if this stuff is all sorted out before ACC media days. Because if not, if not, I'm going to be honest, there's almost no point in even trying to listen to or or watch what they're saying on ACC media days. It is going to mean nothing because they won't they will. There will be questions about this year's teams. The majority of it is going to be, what do you make of conference realignment? What do you think about your team? And honestly, I, I don't I don't I don't want to deal with that. I don't care what these coaches have to say about that because what are these guys gonna say? They're gonna say we're gonna play wherever whatever conference we're in. Yep. I, I mean, and you know, so from look, from a football side of things. Just focusing on the Carolina angle. From the football side of things, I think it's pretty it's pretty obvious. Regardless of which conference they go in, Carolina is going to have to step their game up big time if they want to even remotely compete in either one of those conferences. Um, again, from a rivalry standpoint in football, SEC's probably the way that you would go. It's also the tougher conference, though. So... Will the SEC look, try, you know, try to come after Carolina? Definitely. One, the TV market in Charlotte—they definitely want to want to get that. First of all, you know how they want to get that. Their headquarters are right here in Charlotte, and they don't have a team that plays in the state of North Carolina. So that tells you they want this market. And I mean, look—if if they could bring that rivalry of Carolina and NC State, I think. That's one of the more underrated rivalries in the sport of college football. So I think you could definitely see that happen. So they will be sought after there. Big Ten, well, they're going to want, first of all, they don't give a damn about where these schools are located anymore. They want every possible market that they can get. So, of course, they're going to want to extend into North Carolina. And the other thing is both that both conferences want to expand their recruiting footprint even further. They want their schools to be able to come into these states more easily and find recruits because they will play in these states. So, I think from a football side of things, either way, this is not this is not great for Carolina. You you would I I guess maybe you're rooting for them, I, I don't know, to go independent, but that 
I don't know how much that really helps them either because then you won't be more than likely you'll be if if they go independent you better get like what Apple TV Hulu like they they're not they're not going to be on a normal channel because they would be an independent school so the payday isn't going to help their standing as a football school they get they just got to I mean they would have to start winning the good news is is that the last few years, they're recruiting on the level that they would need to to be at least competitive in these conferences. But you were looking at a situation where your goal was to get to a point where you made the ACC championship. If you go into the Big Ten or the SEC, it's going to be really hard. Because first of all, there will be no divisions in those it will be the top two teams because there's going to be, in this scenario, if this actually plays out, there will more than likely be 20, 20 to 24 teams in your conference. So it will be very similar to old conferences way back in well, the 40s Carolina was and 50s. In the Southern Conference, it was a 26-team conference. And that was when they were actually at their best. So I, who, either way... If you're a Tar Heel football fan, this should probably concern you because of the level of competition that you're facing. Now, you go over to the basketball side of things. I think the concern on the basketball side of things are the rivalries. It's no, it's a rivalry. Well, I think look, there the teams, the ACC ACC basketball as a whole, just losing that and look I know there's going to be some freaking old heads that are listening to this and are going to be like, it's not, it's not what it used to be well, in no, the ACC. It, it's not. I get that. It's not. I get that. But you're still talking about the best conference in college basketball. You're still talking about, look, we've seen it develop over the last few years. Carolina and Virginia has sort of turned into a little bit of a rivalry. Um you know, I, I mean, there there are some matchups within this conference that you look forward to every year, and now that would be out the window. You would be splitting this conference completely. Pretty, that's that's pretty much what would end up happening. Is more than likely you would have what? I, see, it's confusing because Notre Dame's in theirs, but I guess we're going to take them out anyway. So it's the remaining fourteen teams. They would almost certainly be split probably 7-7 down the middle. Maybe 8-6 to these different conferences. And so then you lose all that tradition and history of ACC basketball. You're then... Unless unless there's a scenario where like where the Big East exists as a basketball conference, the ACC remains... See, but this is the problem. As a basketball I conference because... I have not heard anything to suggest that that would be the setup that they have right now. And and you look at the Big East Conference, how many of those schools that are in the Big East Conference right now play football? Well, they all play football. It just depends on what level of football so, they some, play at. Well, not not all of them. I don't, like, I, I don't know. I've never seen St. John's playing football. To be fair, they don't play basketball well, so I don't really think I'd want to see their football program. But, like, yeah, you've got, like, Villanova's D2. Yep. Um... Georgetown, I think they're D two. They might be D three. Like so that Carolina is not their football program is is better than that. They are going to still remain in D one. Well, so, yeah, but you could you could remain the ACC as a basketball conference. 
Right, but what I'm saying is I don't think that the SEC or Big Ten wants that. Well, They want you to be full-fledged members. Which and, is why I think Carolina's best route ultimately is to be an independent in one and keep a conference affiliation in the other. Whether it's in the ACC, well, first of all, you can't you can't be independent in basketball. That's or, a, that's that's torpedoing. Or you, um, or the ACC and the the Big East merge, and you have the Big ACC or whatever you want to call it, and you bring along with you Duke. You'd bring Kansas, which would be weird. From all, just well, at that point, again, regional stuff doesn't matter. Of, Everything's of our out the window. Affiliation with Kansas, it'd be weird playing them in a conference game, and um, I, I think that's ultimately where Carolina's. That's going to be Carolina's best bet to be to be competitive in both sports. Now, financially, would it be the most beneficial? No, because you're not going to make as much money as an independent because you're not Notre Dame, or you're and you're not even BYU. Who, as an independent, thrives financially because they have a brand. I don't know though. I, I if there was a team that could do it, it could probably be Carolina. I, I could legitimately see, but you would Carolina do it potentially having in, their own as an independent playing an SEC Big Ten schedule. You just wouldn't be part of the conference because, like, once this happens, you're no longer playing Group of Five schools. From a football standpoint, well, there, that, there's there's pretty that's much go out the window. There's pretty much a complete separation of power five and group of five yes and there there will be teams in that scenario even if they were to go up to 24 there will be teams that will be left on the outside that that will they will be left in no man's land vanderbilt some of those like there'll be well no vandy's in the sec some some of those yeah they're not they well they won't here's the reason they're not going to kick vandy out of the sec vandy's academics are unbelievably high they the, don't care. the conference no but they need that one school that carries them and the amount of money that that school has is unprecedented plus what do they care about vandy that's the one team they they sit there and beat up on they don't really care you're not i would be stunned if you saw any schools kicked out of these conferences i don't see that happening no no, no that's definitely going to happen if, if they're going to fully expand to 2024 teams yeah, the SEC will sacrifice Vandy's academics for Virginia, Virginia Tech, and the Big Ten will do the same thing with Rutgers or even Maryland. Because I, I because, just, because there's, poaching, there's no way because man. poaching them has turned out to be the wrong decision for for both teams because it hasn't helped their TV market, and neither program's taken any step forward on the football field. They've been rather mediocre basketball wise, but I think Carolina's best route. Is to is is going to be if the ACC dissolves, and I think this is going to happen. And it's what it. This is what they deserve. And I hate saying that because I understand why Swafford added those big those Big East schools back in the mid two thousands. He had to get the football somewhat on par. Wasn't worth it. You you won three national championships in twenty years. Well, so he, he it, had it wasn't to, it wasn't worth sacrificing your soul to that. Well, he had to do it anyways because here's the thing: if he doesn't add those schools, then you're probably at the point that the Big Twelve is at right now. Where here's the thing about the Big Twelve: if the Big Twelve does not combine with the Pac-12, it will be gone. There is no and wh- when they originally lost Texas and Oklahoma last year, we thought they could be gone then. Mm-hmm. So that was the point that it all of these guys have had 
their hands forced. And that's the other thing. I'm not saying that what Jim Phillips is trying to do is easy. None of this is easy. None of this makes any sense because, again, we as fans of these sports, we do not, of course we don't like this. We don't like change. We like, look, I could get on board with some of the conference realignment. Some of the stuff that just happened last year, I was like, okay, that's that's not really that bad. I understand the moves. This, this idea that pretty much one of, if not the most historic overall conference, when you just look at all the sports combined together, will completely disappear is just, I mean, that is unbelievably mind-blowing to me. That that makes, to me, it makes absolutely no sense. But here's the thing. If you look back at the biggest thing that started this round of conference realignment and everything that's going on, this is where you can blame Jim Phillips. When the college football playoff was set to expand back, you know, a few months ago, he was the guy that sort of spearheaded the push to not have the college football playoff expand. Mm-hmm. That's what the alliance was supposed to be for. And he trusted a guy in Kevin Warren who stabbed him in the back. And I'm blanking on the Pac-12 commissioner right uh, George Kalitnikov. There you go. He, he, he's, he stabbed both of those guys in the back. And now we are here today. Why in the why you thought as the ACC commissioner, a guy who, first of all, this past year did not have a representative in the college football playoff, and since the invention of the college football playoff, you have had exactly two teams that have made the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Florida State the first year, and they haven't been heard from since. Why you didn't want to expand the college football playoff is beyond me, and that is what set all of this off. If the college football playoff expands, the TV contracts were going to be bigger for these other conferences. There's not as much push to leave the Pac-12 from USC and UCLA because there's an avenue to get to the playoff, even if you're not one of the four best teams in college football, which most teams that are in the Pac-12 will not fit that billing anytime soon. And he was the one that went in there and torpedoed this whole thing. So, again, he's the, he shoulders a lot of responsibility here for what is happening. And he's going to be the guy that's going to be looked at as the villain of this whole thing when we look back on why college football became what it, what it did become. Oh, he's 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 a he was dead to me when he got hired. He's he's even more dead to me now. Yeah, um, and ex- and especially if if somehow Carolina and Duke get separated, like he he's he's officially he's officially put the the conference on life support by literally doing nothing. But that's that's the problem is that in in this in this world of college athletics. Where leadership is few and far between, but the two conferences that have it, the Big Ten and the SEC, they're thriving because those two commissioners, they're visionaries, they're proactive. Well, we, the other to we, be to be we've fair, got a, we've got a reactive commissioner who, um, when he took the job, was tone deaf and has proven to be tone deaf for three years now, 
And in the end, he's going to be without a conference and without a job. And I'm not going to feel sorry for him. Well, I will say this. John Swafford, you also screwed the ACC with the TV deal that but he had. That he, is a historically He had to make the deal at TV that deal. time to stave off the SEC poaching Clemson and Florida State. And he, he it was rushed. So it's something that should have been being planned. Say what you want about the years. TV deal is that every time Swafford had to save his conference, he saved his conference. Yeah, we hired some outsider just to hope of bringing us a, a team that doesn't belong in the ACC anyway. He's not going to get the job done. The conference is going to fold, and you're going to look at sixty-five years or so, even maybe even more. Of athletic excellence, not just from Carolina. Carolina's a big part of the athletic excellence that the ACC has with its original members and the ones that they've added. It's all going to be it's going it's going to go to waste, and there's going to be a generation of kids that will never understand what the ACC was, what it meant, and, and how important it was to the fabric of where we live and where we talk sports in Charlotte. And that that's the saddest thing is that we love college sports for many different reasons because it's not professional sports, and people are going to blame NIL. It's not in a, it's not NIL that's doing this. This is the TV money. Yep, that exists in pro sports as it should. Those guys are professional athletes. These kids aren't professional athletes; they are amateur athletes. Um, and and that's what's caused all this and. Um, there's, there's, there's gonna, it's, it's going to, it's gonna turn off the average viewer to college athletics. And the, the, the bottom line is, is that these ADs, these head coaches, they're not going to care because they're going to be stuffing their pockets with more and more millions of dollars while being tone deaf and turning a black eye on the audience blind, that, blind eye, that has uh, no, it's gonna be a black eye because someone's gonna get punched in the face. Oh, uh, it's it, it, on the audience that has allowed them to be in a position to make the money that that, that they've made, and uh, you know it, it is what it is. And hopefully, Carolina lands in a situation that benefits them from a basketball standpoint first and foremost, because that's what's most important. Um, and, and in a situation where they can be. Mediocre in football, but still make money. And that's most likely going to be the Big Ten or the SEC or maybe a uh, a revamped Big 12 as they try to go get Pac-12 schools. And uh, the one country thought was going to be left for dead and the one commissioner we thought was going to be left for dead, he's got off his high horse the last year and a half or so. He saved his conference, and uh, the ACC is going to – that they're going to sit there and they're going to watch the world burn. Well, I mean, he's got he's got a shot. We talked about it. Notre Dame's your one shot. You've got to hope that you can somehow get a more lucrative television deal out there. I think, you know, the smartest avenue at this point would probably be to approach CBS, who's going to lose the SEC here. Some, I, I don't remember when exactly it is, but it's sometime soon. And that's probably your your hope. Now, this was reported today. This will be the last thing. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, and then we're, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up and get out of here. The There was a report today from Pete Thamel 
of ESPN that said that there is an idea being toyed around of basically the packed the remaining teams in the Pac-12 combining with the teams in the ACC and it will basically be the ACC with East and West conferences or divisions. I, I don't know exactly how that's going but that would be the one proposed plan to try to save it. So at this point, this is the thing. If this conference is going to last, it will not look anything like the ACC that you were used to, that you have gotten used to. It will be a completely different conference with schools that are not even remotely close to Carolina, but that would probably be the one way that you can save the conference. We'll see. Yeah. I think at this point, we're, we're kind of hopelessly optimistic. That's the best way I can put it. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm trying to hold out just a slight bit of optimism that they will find a way to pull it out. Yeah. Yeah. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy. Available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Whether you want to bet on this weekend's Mets and Marlins series or next weekend's Open Championship at St. Andrews. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the podcast. Uh, we, we're not, I, I, I'm not sure if we're going to put anything on the website about this. I don't think we figured that out just yet. Um, I, it's it's weird because this is something we could write an article about this and the ACC could be around for another two years. Mm-hmm. We could write an article about this and while we're writing the article, the ACC can completely dissolve. So it's a really tricky subject to try to write about. Um, I think also a big part of it is that, frankly, we don't want to write the article. <laughs> I mean, we... we uh, seriously, we do not want to write an article about this conference disappearing. As much as we hate some of these, some of the teams in this conference, as much as we hate playing some of the teams in this conference, mainly on the football side of things, you, it is extremely difficult to think about a landscape where they will not be playing these teams in some form or fashion year in and year out. So... 
We're going to monitor the situation. If something does happen, we will, of course, have it for you on the website. But as of right now, you know, with, especially with where we're at in the calendar, it is July. So we are getting ready to, I mean, we are a month away from camp starting for Tar Heel football. So we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to monitor this. We're going to keep following. There's still a lot of stuff going on on the football recruiting trail. We've we've got some some confusion on the basketball recruiting trail that we're also kind of monitoring as well, and you never really know when something's going to pop up with one of the other classes or in the 23 class for basketball as well. So we're going to monitor all this stuff, but uh, the main focus will still be on what is going on on the field and on the court and on both of those recruiting trails. Uh, in terms of the recruiting trail for Tario football, one of the hottest teams in the country right now. They're up to number 18, uh, all the way from outside of the top 50 in the class. So it was a little bit of a slow burn there early on. Um, but like a lot of the teams nationally, Carolina started to pick up steam here as they've gotten into the month of June. They've had an extremely successful last week. When they landed the commitment last night of Chris Culliver, that was eight commitments in eight days for Tar Heel football. So the staff really starting to round into form. They've landed a bunch of big-time in-state prospects. You can check out all of those, all eight of those uh, those recruiting articles, uh, those commitment articles on the website. I am going to tweet those out. I will do that tonight. I promise you that on the last edition of the show, but uh, there was just a ton of... Every time it seems like I'm going to be able to do that, there's a new commitment announcement that's posted or something like that. So this time I will put that out for you guys. You guys will be able to check that out um, and, and go back and read about all those prospects. Uh, and then, of course... It's about that time. It is almost time to start writing position previews already for the 2022 football season. Uh, again, if you guys are new to the website, go. I go in-depth on every single position group breakdown, uh, all the guys that are uh, part of that position group, and tell you, you know, which guys I think are going to contribute, sort of lay out what is in each one of those position rooms. So you do not want to miss those. Those will be coming out here throughout the next month over on the website. Meanwhile, on the basketball side of things, buddy, it is uh, it is a little bit quiet for sure, but uh, things hopefully about to pick up here soon. Yeah, no, we're, we're in the official dead period for Carolina basketball. The guys are on campus. They're going through summer ball, um, but... Hubert Davis will be busy in an active month of recruiting coming up with a lot of uh, various uh, AAU tournaments around the circuit. Of course, there's rumors about a, a, a potential decommitment from Gigi Jackson. We'll keep you up to date with the latest on that. But before you know it, they're already starting to release some details of the conference schedule. You've got the ACC Big Ten Challenge opponent. That's coming out. Is that, wait a second. Is that going to be – so are, are we playing future conference opponents? Very this well, maybe. Um, and before we know, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a uh, we're gonna have a schedule for the ACC season. Carolina will finalize its non-conference slate very soon, and it's it's July fifth. But they start practice in little over in a little over two months. So, and before and when when once they get once get ready for practice, we'll be getting you ready for what's going to be an exciting but pressured field 2022-23 season, which if you go back and check out the last edition of the podcast, former Tar Heel Michael Norwood says it's national title or bust for the Tar Heels, and we'll be getting you ready to take you through it 
um, as we get closer and closer to the start of, of, of the college basketball season. Yeah, and on the podcast, I believe also we've got some pretty uh, unique versions of the podcast that are coming up. We are uh, We are currently planning, if you guys were with us earlier in the year, back for the second Duke game. It was the second Duke game preview. We had Colin Hoggard, uh, who was on with us, one of our guys that that listens to the podcast religiously. Um, and, you know, it's a huge Tario fan. We actually work with him here at, at WFNZ. Actually work for him. But uh, I work with him. Well, you might work for him. I thing. work with him. Here's the thing. I didn't want us to seem like, to the listeners, we were forced to put him on. We put him on because we really like his opinions. We think he's, he, he's a great dude to talk basketball with because he's done it for a long, long time. We are planning for an edition of the podcast where we have Judge Hoggard sit in. I, I, I got to tell you, I don't know if I've been more excited for an edition of the podcast, mainly so I can argue with you with someone to rule in in our favors. This is going to be one of the, the – it's not going to be the Hubert Davis Apology Podcast. That, that's the greatest podcast we've ever done, in my opinion. Not in your opinion, in my opinion, but this one, I, th- there, there are some some really cool things that I think you guys are going to want to stick around for and check out uh, with us here over the summer. So, even though it's a little bit quiet, there's some cool things coming on the way. So that's that wraps it up for this edition of the Four Corners and the Heel Tough Blog podcast. Make sure you guys head over to the website as we mentioned, check it out heeltoughblog.com. Check out both podcasts wherever you listen to your podcast. Just search for them uh and uh, also make sure you head over to the social media pages at Heel Tough Blog uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, just go into the search bar, search Heel Tough Blog, it'll pop up there. And when you go there, make sure that you Follow the Twitter page. Also, like the Facebook page. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, and uh, other than that, uh, I think that's it. So uh, <laughs> hopefully by the next time we do a, a podcast, hopefully we will still have a conference. But for now, I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com to find the best basketball podcast.